Welcome back, everybody. After a much anticipated delay, it is me, Scott Bowser, here at the Luck Stops Here podcast. Um, yeah, we're brought to you by mybookie.ag. Use promo code LSH and get, uh, I think it was a hundred percent deposit bonus on your deposit. But uh, fuck that, dude. You know we're really here. <laughs> That's a great way to do advertising. Fuck that, dude. I got my brother Brett with me. Brett, how you doing? Doing great, man. How are you? I'm fantastic. And uh, so we're going to do some fantasy football rankings, you and me, over the next couple weeks here, knocking some episodes out. And we're starting with the tight ends. We're going to do tight ends, wide receivers, running backs, and quarterbacks. And throughout these first three of uh, the tight ends, running backs, wide receivers, we'll be going over guys that you can possibly use as a flex play, too, in some leagues, because uh, you have those spots on your roster. So we'll be doing it kind of trying to – this is basically for uh, points per game of PPR leagues. Uh, if you're playing non-PPR, it's 2022. Um, fucking join the rest of society. But, like, these rankings are kind of general because I'm playing a lot of different leagues this year. I've already done best balls, super flex best balls, um, a dynasty – and then a regular redraft league. So I, I'm kind of all over the place. And at the tight end position, point PPR versus standard doesn't really matter so much because the high-targeted, high-reception guys are already the top guys anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the way it's going to work out. And, I mean, in general, fantasy is all about talent intersecting with opportunity at the end of the day. Like, that's, yep. that's what we're looking for here when we look at these guys. So... Is this me saying, I think in order, these guys are this good? Not necessarily, but I think these are the guys that are going to score the most points because of its talent intersecting with opportunity on and how I've kind of thought, how I've kind of gamed out the season in my head because I'm doing some of these bet, like super flex best ball tournaments. So I've kind of had to like game out like you got to have the it, week 17 is going to be the final round where you're playing for the like the $10,000 grand prize and in the bigger one, I'll be playing for like a quarter million dollar grand prize. And I realized you got to have pieces of both sides of the highest scoring game that in that week 17. Like that's how you're going to close that thing out. And so it's like you, you find guys that you get like early on. And then you, what I'm trying to do is like stack them with guys. Like I got one of the super flex. I just did. I got Tom Brady. Right. But then I stacked him with Mike Evans. Okay. Good, good so far, you know. I, I, I'm feeling good about that, especially in the draft position where I got both because I think both have a big chance to outperform their draft slot. Uh, but, dude, and then later my plan is to come, like, do the bring back with Deontay Foreman because Tampa's playing Carolina Week 17. So it's like, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, McCaffrey's going to be hurt by then. He's going to be the lead back, and I'm going to get that, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Fantasy football is really about like kind of breaking it down into quarters. Yeah, where you know you'll have guys who, you know, you know are going to probably be good in the first quarter, but they're not going to last the yep. season. And uh, like rookies, if you draft them, you're probably going to be sitting on them for the first half of the year. They're not going to do much, but then in the second half of the year and late in the year, they could be league winners because they're going to get their chance. They're going to have fresh legs. They're going to be yeah. Talented. Like Jamar Chase dropping fifty point games in playoff week last year, dude. Like, yeah. So yeah. All right. Well, I uh, did a kind of an honorable mention thing myself, but I know you started with a few that were kind of not in your top twelve. Let's go over those real quick and see if we have an intersection there. All right. Yeah. So I got two guys. Just I have on the outside looking in here. And it's uh, Tyler Higby and Everett. 
with uh, the Rams and the Chargers, respectively. Now, both these guys have been expected to kind of blow up. They were both on the Rams a few years ago. Yep. And they kind of were really good, but you never knew which one was going to be good and when kind of thing. And now that they've been on different teams last year, everyone expected them to break out, and they really didn't do it. But yeah, t- Seattle, everyone was on Seattle last year, and they are kind of a black hole for the tight end position. We'll get into that on my list here for my, my honorable mention, guys. Like, Yeah, but I just figure those are both high-powered offenses, lots of scoring opportunities, and big passing attacks. So if you're kind of not – if you get, like, one of these – as we go through the tight ends, you'll realize the, like, 9 through 12 guys, if you draft them as your guy – you're going to want a second person because you're not going to feel comfortable just rolling with them. I would take a chance on Everett um, or Higby as kind of your second guy just to, because, you know, like they're going to have their weeks, but the ball gets spread around. They're not top targets. They're really afterthoughts. So they don't make the top 12, but I'll take a great offense. You know, if you're going to, you're looking for the biggest pie. A uh, smallest small piece of a big pie is better than a big piece of a small pie sometimes. So it's, that's it, where I'm going with them. Yeah, no, no, I totally uh, I'm on board with that. In fact, I'm trying to pull up my roster in the FPC, the Football Guys Players Championship that Decker and I drafted together. That was the last episode of the show. If you want to go back and check that out, um, we actually drafted Tyler Higby. And uh, I thought we drafted Everett, too. No, that must be another one I did. One of my best balls, though, I took those two as my tight ends because I felt like, like especially in best ball, you kind of just stre- want to stream the position anyway. You just get, like, three dart throws, and hopefully one of those guys catches a touchdown each week. Hopefully yeah. they don't both have the same blow-up week. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they can just alternate good. their big weeks. <laughs> Rotate those weeks, dude. You're looking great. Like, <laughs> But, and no, my, my I, I, do think, I do think Higby, though, like, just to uh, hammer him, I think this could be a really big year for him in that offense with um, now that they got Allen Robinson and like Cooper Cup's going to take up a lot of attention, right? Allen Robinson going to be on the outside. Um, I, 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 you know, neither of these guys made my list at all on here, but like I'm, I'm actually pretty big on both those guys in best ball. So like, like yeah. just because like, like you said, they're both in high scoring offenses. Um, they're like, both those teams like in Cooper Cup and then uh, with the Chargers actually with Austin Eckler they have kind of their red zone passing target right but that means defense has spent all offseason getting ready for that in this matchup so yeah. like there's good there's I think there's going to be that window for these tight ends to pop dude and I think both those guys if you want to get wild with this this season just as a little gambling bonus um, those guys are fun to play and in, in the first touchdown bets when they're when they're playing on like the Sunday night Monday night games, like I'll be definitely playing those bets, th- th- both those guys every time the Rams and Chargers are in prime time, like that one hundred percent. I'll be doing that. Th- then the last guy I have on this list is the deep sleeper, and it's Austin Hooper. Um, the Titans just they have like no like trusted targets there anymore. Tannehill has shown that he likes to throw to the tight end in the past, and uh, Robert Woods is going to be their main guy, but he's never been a, a red zone guy. So uh, with Titans in general, I think it should be said that it's really the guys who score 10 touchdowns tend to be the guys who end up in the, uh, in the top 10 tight ends at the end of the year. And so that's kind of where you're looking at who's going to get in the end zone frequently. And I think Austin Hooper is a guy who could have some decent volume, but also, you know, in a high running attack, end up being that red zone guy when they're stacking like nine in the box to stop Derrick Henry. 
Austin Hooper is going to be open over the middle. No, and especially with AJ Brown not being there. I mean, yeah, like that's that's a a big opportunity there because I have a feeling too they're going to kind of use Robert Woods as more of a downfield blocking wide receiver, a la like yeah. the way Steelers used to use Heinz Ward to and like uh, I, I I agree. Uh, also, keep an eye on it in that Tennessee tight end room. Keep an eye on what's his name, the uh, that rookie. I can't do, and I do not want to pronounce try and pronounce this guy's name, but um. Let me find him on this list because I'm actually in a draft right now. I just made a pick. It's a two-hour uh, Superflex best ball. Okay, yeah. This guy, he's from Maryland. Keep remembering this name. Chigozim Okonowo. And he was uh, uh, um, from Maryland. Dude, this guy is like a Devon. Uh, remember Delaney Walker having a lot of success for the Titans? This yeah. guy is a Delaney Walker clone. He's like six foot, six one, like 240. Like almost like you, you want to put him at fullback, but he can ball out at tight end. You can put him out wide. Uh, dude, that guy's got a lot of potential. I think he's a lot of fun as a late option in best ball drafts. Like, all right. So for my honorable mention, I have uh, three different guys. First up, I'll say is Mike Gusecki. Um Now, that, that Dolphins offense is going to be running uh, with coordinator Mike McDaniel uh, as a new head coach from the 49ers. So if they're running anything that resembles that, 49ers system here's here's the here's why he didn't make my top 12 because if they're running anything like that and he's in the george kittle role well holy shit he's gonna be a fucking stud right because this, this guy is a good talent good receiver but that's the thing is he's a shit blocker and this system relies on a good so that's gonna hold him back and that's why he did not make my top 12 yeah like he might not even make it on the field but he has talent the talent's there the talent's there has- for him to catch passes but it's like mm-hmm. unless he can fucking knock guys' teeth in the dirt as a blocker, he's gonna have no value in this offense. Cause and yeah. like th- that's the thing is like if you have a receiving tight end and a blocking tight end, your scheme becomes very predictable, and, and you really have I, I don't know you basically have nothing. You know, when you, yeah, you know, it's like kind of having like the you have if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. Well, I feel the same yeah. way about like a, 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 the, the feature tight end in this particular offense. In other offenses, yeah, you could, I mean, a lot of teams run two tight end sets, and like in in two tight end sets, I think he'd be a good like H back, like kind of kind of random, yeah. but yeah, like dude, actually asking him to stand in line and fucking go toe to toe, especially in the AFC East, where now like Von Miller's there, so he's gonna be expected to chip him. Like, yeah, get, get the fuck out of here, dude. He he might end up being like like a third down tight end, right? Like it's yeah. third and long tight end, even not even third down, but like third and long. Yeah, third and like. 12 and plus like, yeah. like, like we took a sack on second down or something like that like yeah yeah no um next one i have is noah fant look the tools are there the athleticism's there i think there's opportunity uh in seattle of drew Locke's going to be the guy just because they had kind of a relationship at not only in uh denver but at iowa in college so it's like those guys have now this is their third stop together in a row it's kind of kind of weird how that's worked out but uh yeah, like I, I, I do see like he's got the tools, got all that. The problem is I don't think there's a lot of mouths to feed in that Seattle offense, especially yeah. with Metcalf and um, Lockett. But in our running backs episode, we'll get into why I love Kenneth Walker, Ken Walker, the rookie out of Michigan State. There, I'm big on him this year. So, yeah, a little also, preview when, for that. <laughs> Seattle, like when have they ever had a fantasy viable no, tight end? Jimmy Grant went there to die. Like Gerald yeah. Gerald Everett had a shit year last year. That's why he is a great bounce back candidate in that Charger spot. Like yeah. like no, yeah, it's true. Like Pete Carroll does not like having a fantasy relevant tight end in his office uh, on his team. Like yeah, I, I don't get it. <laughs> okay. And then the third guy I'm gonna mention is Zach Ertz. 
Now, I love this guy, and he's ADP has him going as high as like seventh or eighth in, in most tight end spots. Um, my problem is they drafted Che McBride with their first draft pick. They traded their their, their first round overall pick to get Mark Hollywood Brown, which is also a bad sign for him because that's more targets coming off the board. Even with DeAndre Hopkins suspension, I think with Rondale Moore and Hollywood Brown those first few weeks, there might not be as much room for Ertz, especially down the stretch. And the drafting of Trey McBride in the second round with their the first pick they did have, I don't know. I took McBride in my fantasy draft, and then when he landed there, I was like, oh, fuck yeah. He's going to end up – like, he's, he's exactly what you're saying about rookies where he might not be there the first half of the season, but second half of the season, he could be winning me that fucking league. Like, Yeah, the nature of the uh, rookie tight ends changing with Firemuth and uh, – um, pits last year already making media impact um it used to be like you're you're in two two position rooms basically right yeah yeah yeah. you, you got to learn to play wide yeah you got to play the o-line you got to play wide receiver and so it's a lot to learn a lot to take in as a rookie and especially in a lot of offenses now where they they don't really carry a fullback and the last tight ends to line up in the backfield as as the fullback and kind of an eye formation set and like a offset eye kind of thing so you're seeing yeah. that more and more and more. So, yeah, you got to be able to do a lot of different things. Like, you basically also have to have running back skills, too, in, in some ways. Like, it's. Yeah, that, you'll see a lot of, like, a college QBs end up, con- like, you know, Logan Thomas converting yeah. to tight end because they know the whole offense. They know what everyone's supposed to be doing. And it's kind of a natural position change. You yeah, know, they say after after quarterback, it's the second most difficult position on offense. You know, and yeah, but yeah, you're you're right. These guys have a quicker learning curve now, but um, yeah, with Ertz, I I just I don't know, and he's getting older. Um, I just and also let's face it, dude, what's going on with Kyler Murray? What's going on with Cliff Kingsbury? That could go off the rails real quick this season, and we could be looking at a new coach and a new scheme who who's forced to start the rookie by management by week seven or something like that. Like I wouldn't be surprised Cliff Kingsbury first head coach fired, you know, something like that. I think he's going up at like plus 1100 there. Not a bad bet. The million dollar question is who released the information that part of Kyler Murray's deal is he needed to do four extra hours of game study that wasn't playing video games or online, (laughs) you know, like if that's the team releasing that, then it's like, yeah. Man, you're just throwing mad shade at the dude you're trying to keep happy. Yeah. And if it's Kyler's camp, then it just shows how unhappy he really is. And, I mean, they, it's like they do that, but then they also go out and get his college receiver and best friend or whatever. And so it's yeah. like, well, are you trying to keep it? Like, I don't know. I, it's, it's a weird situation there, dude. Where did that info come from? It doesn't really make sense that, it, you know, that it got out there. Like, you don't know those kind of details of any contract. No, it's true. That's true. <laughs> All right, so you want to get into it? You want to lead us off with your number 12 guy here? Yeah, I'm going to lead us off here with my number 12, and it's going to be Robert Tanyan of the Green Bay Packers. Um, This is somebody where I feel like he's always been a target. So with Aaron Rodgers, it really doesn't matter, like, your talent, your draft capital, what you got paid. It's does he like you? Yeah. Can he trust you? And if you have those two things – He's going to make you a star because he's that good. Um, Everything else comes second. So when you're looking at a guy like him, um, you're saying Devontae Adams left. That was a huge red zone target. Tanyan was already the number two red zone target. Um, Lazard, maybe he falls into that that category. Uh, Christian Walker's already hurt. That guy might not even see the field for a while. I just like the fact that 
he could easily get 10 touchdowns this year. And if he ends up getting like 800 yards in the process, he's going to be, you know, possibly a top five tight end. That's true. Like, I think you're right. The, the, the ceiling is huge on him. I don't have him on my list, but because I do think I, I, I am concerned about the neck injury from last year. So like those kind of things can be tricky, especially for a tight end where you got to block more. It's a, it's a more physical position. Like, you know, as much as it's it's almost as, it's as difficult of a position as quarterback, it also takes a toll on guys like running back does in a way, you know, like. Yeah, it really does. But uh, he was just that guy that when it came down to like you have vacated targets, they're going to go to a heavy run game. He he was someone I could see getting a lot more touchdowns. But yeah, he's going off at like tight end 15 on most drafts right now. He's great yeah. value for the draft capital. So I can't hate that. I can't hate on any time you can get an Aaron Rodgers target who might be his top red zone target after the 10th round. You've scored. Yeah. Like, you've, you, you're winning on that pick. All right. In, in, in general, Titans have these tiers. And when you get to this tier, like, the guys who are going to be number 8 to number 16, like, it's a matter of, like, one touchdown puts you from 16 to 8. It's very close. They're all similar. They all have their weeks. Yeah. It's it's a real crapshoot. Yeah, it, it really like I, I honestly I could have done a top twenty four here very easily, and he probably would have been like my number like sixteen or so, like seventeen. I don't know it's, because it's just like that eight, that twenty to like really that number six to twenty range is a fucking coin toss for so many guys. There's that big five up top that will probably both be similar on, and then there's kind of everybody going down from there, and so yeah. like uh. Yeah, no, I like that. Okay, my number 12 guy is Cole Komet with the, the Packers rival, the Chicago Bears. Um, you look at that roster, dude. They really have fucking nothing. Like, they have Darnell Mooney. And then who's the number two receiver? Do they even have a number two receiver there? They got that. They got a second-year quarterback in Justin Fields who looked lost last year. What do quarterbacks who look lost tend to do? Lean on the tight end. And so that's why I feel like Cole Komet could be insane value there where he could put up he could be he could lead the team in targets there very easily, and it, it's 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 dog shit targets, but they're going to be getting their ass kicked a lot. They're going to fucking suck. they might be the worst team in football this year, and yeah. and like, and if you're going to get that kind of value in targets and bulk on a on garbage a, like a gar, potential garbage time king, give it to me. Yeah, so I got Cole Komet there. Yeah, Komet kind of scared me off my list. Uh, he a lot of people are pretty high on him, higher than twelve even. You know. And for me, it's just there's so many unknowns. And if he ends up using that uh, commit as that security blanket check down guy, he could have a huge year like you're saying. If he ends up just running the ball. Uh, That's the I thing. If, if, if he if he like relies on his instincts, which he probably should be doing to be more successful and take off and run. Yeah. Then, but if he's an idiot, which I think he is, uh, yeah. I'm, I, I, basically it's me saying that I think he, Justin Fields is kind of an idiot. He's going to check down to the tight end for two yards instead of running it himself for seven. And he, and he could end up being the second option the defense is focused on where he's getting bracket coverage. Yeah, it's true. That's and true. I, don't, I don't think he's that good. But right. uh, don't hate the pick. Don't hate the pick. Yeah. All right. Well, who's your number 11? Number 11 is Pat Fryermuth. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I got him uh, similar. I got him at number 10. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's a guy who broke out last year as a very – he's a surprise really to everybody – uh, Pittsburgh's going through. I mean, he's the classic Pittsburgh tight end, you know. Yeah. Um, I that think Heath, they still totally yell, that Heath Miller mold. Like. I think they yell Heath for him when he catches the ball. Still, <laughs> it's like just a sign of respect, you know. Um, 
but he could block. He's, you know, he brings his lunch pail to work every day kind of guy. And he could block. He could catch. He's, he's that great third down safety target. And here's the other thing is if Deontay Johnson ends up unhappy or whatever happens with him, he could end up gobbling up a lot of those third down targets um, that Don- Deontay Johnson was known for. Yeah. Um, and Claypool a little banged up. He could end up being a little bit more of a red zone target. The thing is, we don't really know who's going to play quarterback there. Now, uh, I got – well, I mean, since he's not – I'm going to be on my quarterback's list, but I got a feeling it's going to be Kenny Pickett. And, yeah. And here's why. Uh, this, we're both – do we grew up Steeler fans? We've been Steeler fans our whole lives. Like, um, I think that knowing the way the organization operates and the way that they usually like to target the younger guys in the draft – and he's a 24-year-old, like, super senior coming up post-COVID, right? So they're going to want to get him on the – because, like, with a 24-year-old rookie, you got to find out what you have what, a lot sooner than a 21, 22-year-old rookie. Like, yeah. And so I yeah. have a feeling he's going to be the starter by, like, week five, week six. That, that's the thing, though. It's like Trubisky has the job until he loses it because I have you can't a, go the other way. You it, can't start Pickett and then bench him, you know? Or, yeah, exactly. So, and I also, I think that, I think it might break camp with uh, Kenny Pickett doing it. Cause like, here, here's like the classic fucking scenario where you say all off season, Trubisky's our guy. Oh, Trubisky's looking great. No TAs. Oh, Trubisky's our guy. And then once pre- preseason comes around, it's like, oh, Kenny Pickett's out playing Trubisky. Oh, wow. He really knows the offense. And it makes the, G- the, the front office and the coaching staff all look way smarter. That, look how fast we've developed this guy. Oh, look, he's ahead of schedule for us. Look how yeah. smart we are. Like, so. Like, cause again, you don't want to ever go the other way. Exactly. You don't want to declare him the starter, then go, man, this guy is fucking up. Uh, we got no choice but to bench him. But like, his- if you just like make him quote unquote earn it throughout camp like that, you make him make it makes everybody look better. Yeah. So that's kind of my theory on that. But yeah, so Fryermuth, I got him at number ten, dude. I think he's a hell of a uh, like red zone target, especially with a young quarterback like. There's a very good chance they click right, like if, especially if it's Pickett. I think there's a very good chance they click right away. You know, I like him better with tri- with Pickett than Trubisky. Yeah, yeah, because P- Pickett's coming from that offense at Pitt. It's kind of similar to what the Steelers are running, really. And so, yeah. like, uh, yeah, dude. And like, honestly, here's the thing I like about Pickett. Just, I mean, I'm not talking about on the quarterback episode, but any, I'm a big fan of any college quarterback that has a shitload of starts. And he started something like what, like 42 games in college, like, <laughs> like. Like he's battle tested, and then and not only guys who have started a lot, started overcame adversity early on and turned into a winner, and he ended up yeah. becoming you know a big time. They went, dude. They won the ACC championship last year. So, like, uh, I actually kind of like the future of the Steelers with Kenny Pickett. So, also Kenny Pickett's a heady got the heady play that fake slide he did. Yeah, was, dude, was revolutionary. Yeah, they, like they had to change the rule book on the fly for him. <laughs> <laughs> no, we never thought someone yeah. would fake a slide. Wait, what? <laughs> Gotcha. All right. Um, my number eleven is Irv Smith, Minnesota Twins, with head coach Kevin O'Connell coming over from the Rams and bringing it. Dude, like the fact that the I'm I'm really bullish on pass catchers in Minnesota this year because it's like if Justin Jefferson's gonna have that Cooper Cup role, and all of a sudden KJ Osborne's like a real like gonna be like playing in, like they're gonna use three receiver sets almost every down. So all of a sudden his snap count goes way up. I think he's a great best ball like you can get him late in best ball drafts right now like sometimes with your final pick dude like 
that that offense has the potential to blow up. I don't hate on Kirk Cousins as much as other guys do. Like he's a reasonable, he's a fantasy quarterback that can get guys numbers. And I I think Irv Smith has a chance, especially with, I mean, I don't like the fact that NFL has domes, but dome team, man, you got to kind of like that, like playing on turf. I don't know. So Irv Smith is my number 11. I like everything you said about Irv Smith. The thing that worries me about him is he is coming in with that Ram system. They run the 11 personnel a lot, which is one running back, one tight end. And the tight end can get lost a lot of times in that system. Thielen's a little bit of a red zone beast lately. Um, I mean, Justin Jefferson is such a alpha and dog. Justin on Jefferson, that. they already they're claiming him. He's the Cooper Cup of this. Yeah, yeah. So I have him in my dynasty too. So I'm pretty excited I th- about. I that. I think I think big things from Osborne, but I also think we could see Kirk Cousins going for like five thousand passing yards this year, and you know that leaves plenty of pie left over for Irv Smith. You know, yeah, yeah. when it comes down to it. Um. Yeah, I I just think that there there could be some like dude, yeah, if, if the defenses are really stretched out, there could just be such an amazing opportunity for him underneath. Also, I think they're going to be in some shootouts this year, like especially with the Packers, maybe games like that. Like, I think their defense is going to take a step back with Zimmer, and so we have a there's a potential for a big just a big uptick overall with the scheme change and just a, like organizational philosophy shift kind of thing. So, yeah. So we'll roll up to my number 10 here, and I got Hunter Henry here at number 10. Okay. I, You know, I thought about putting him on my list, too. Uh, yeah, I got Friermuth, so we've already talked to him. Like, you, you go, but continue with Henry. Okay, so Hunter Henry. We're losing Josh McDaniels out of New England, and we really don't know what kind of offense they're going to run there. Hunter Henry and Mac Jones showed a good rapport last year, especially the second half of the year as Mac Jones is kind of coming into his own. Um, A lot of hype about Mac Jones is like even going to take another step this year. But I really think what Bill Belichick wants to do in his core is just beat people up. If you look at that team, like positionally, they are just bigger than everybody. Like where a lot of guys in the league are doing like 220 pound linebackers. They have theirs at like 250 to 270. Yeah, They just want to beat you up. And with that mentality on defense and offense, a lot of times you're just going to work that tight end and just pound people, low, especially as much as they're going to run the balls. I expect, I just really think, and they don't have a receiver that stands out, no. you know, like, so he could end up being one of the top target getters on that team. And, uh, yeah. That- Dude, I mean, like, yeah, Jacoby, what they got? Jacoby Myers, uh, Devonte Parker, they picked up from Miami. I think he might be interesting there this year. Yeah. Like, like, but yeah, you're right. Like, they don't really have much. Johnny Smith kind of got disappeared in that offense last year with him. Um, uh, I got to give him a shout out because last year when they played the Browns, I hit that hundred to one red zone special prop where it was like, uh, uh, like Hunter Henry to score the first touchdown of the game or whatever, and Austin Hooper to score no. Austin Hooper to score the first touchdown, Hunter Henry scores second. I can't remember how it played out, but I hit that at 100 to 1. And so <laughs> he's always going to be fucking awesome to me, dude. <laughs> yeah. And I really think they're losing a lot of the schemed plays that Josh McDaniels is going to line up where it's going to be like, this guy's going to be open after three seconds. Look here, throw there. Yeah. It's set in stone. They're going to lose a lot of that. And I think Hunter Henry is going to be that safety blanket for. Um, Mac Jones and I, so I'm liking him. He made my top ten. All right, all right, okay. Let's go to number your number nine since 
Uh, yeah. I, I had Pat Fryermuth as my number 10, um, and we've already covered him. All right, so my number nine was a guy who fell out of your top 12 and Zach Ertz. All right. Uh, Zach Ertz really, he was great Wentz's first year, right, in the league. Yeah. And then he fell off and was just a nobody. And then all of a sudden last year, he goes over when Hopkins was out and him and Kyler Murray just hit it off right away. And I think it's one of those things where um, Rondo Moore never really stepped into his own last year. He might this year. Um, Hollywood Brown's going to be the target hog. He's going to be a deep threat. I think that opens the middle of the field, especially when your linebackers always have to stay in to make sure Kyler's not running. You have to keep a spy on him. I think that opens up the middle of the field, having that deep threat, having to to keep the linebacker in. And early in the year with Hopkins out, I think he could really blow up. He's a guy I would be looking to trade maybe midseason before Hop because Hopkins is out with a PED suspension. So there's none of this, oh, he's gonna come back. How good's he gonna be? He's gonna be great, dude. That yeah. guy's all juiced up on roids, dude. <laughs> yeah, he'll he'll be healthy, <laughs> less tread on the tires. Yeah, yeah totally. exactly. He's gonna come in and blow up. So he's a guy I'd be looking if I drafted him like right around week six there after the six game suspension, look to trade him. Get, sell on sell high value there and uh because it, i do think he takes a hit if it's a hopkins and hollywood brown and rondell moore yeah in the you know like with all that going on no um yeah no i like i like him a lot like i said I, to me the thing that worries me is the trey mcbride draft pick i i think i think he'll be great when he's on the field it's just how many games are you going to get from him really how many snaps per game like are they going to divvy it up like i you know they, they've already drafted his replacement but hey uh and I'm, I'm kind of on from the team like my my philosophy is always i'd rather be a year early on a guy than a year late and so yeah. I, I think he's a good first quarter guy where you draft him and you hope he he carries yeah. your team through the first four games of the year then i'm looking to move on and maybe stream, stream or something else yeah. figure it out but let, yeah again for where these guys are getting drafted it's double digit rounds and yeah. you're you're not getting anything that's not without risk yeah even in no, tight end and, even in tight end premium leagues you know like it's it's pretty low risk and it's really just about playing that matchup against because it's kind of obvious which defenses in the league are weak against the tight end so like street yeah. like like a lot of these guys that we're talking about now you can get a couple of them and just kind of look at the matchups each week and like well who's who's giving up more yards to the tight end and just kind of adjust it from there or most red zone uh like catches by tight ends blah 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 and what, what is it like the super red zone inside the 10 yard line i always think that's a really interesting one to look at how many targets yeah. are tight ends getting inside 10 yards okay let's keep moving along uh, my number nine is dalton schultz of the dallas cowboys um with amari cooper headed to cleveland and them just having to like reshuffle the deck like with cedric wilson going to miami because they couldn't afford to keep a lot of these guys because they're so backed up against the salary cap um Dude, I think I and Dalton Schultz emerged last year as one of Dak's go-to guys. I think that he could be in line for a big year this year. He could. He's one of those guys. I feel like his floor is probably tight end fifteen, but his upside is possibly like tight end two or three this year. Yeah, uh, you're gonna be shocked where I have him. It's gonna be a little bit of a surprise for later, but Dak loves going to the tight end. Yeah, he loves it. You know. Um, so, and here's the other thing. So where do you have where do you have him out on your list? I have him as number three on the okay, list. Okay, yeah, yeah. I don't hate that. I mean, yeah. And and here's the big thing is, 
CD Lamb is now the go-to guy. Guy also had the second most drops in the league last year. Yeah, I know. Dalton Schultz so, is a security blanket of that. Like, I, and I don't think Michael Gallup's going to be ready to play right away, right? Like He's dealing with injury problems. They're, they're saying he's ahead of schedule, but they didn't give me the schedule. Uh, so. and, and, like, <laughs> like, and because of all that, like rookie Jalen Tolbert is flying up draft boards right now. Yeah. I, I mean, so it's like, I, I do think, uh, but I've noticed in a lot of these drafts, Schultz, you really, especially in these FFPC ones I'm doing where it's tight end premium, you really got to pay high, high, high pick for him, kind of thing. I'm not, I'm not getting him anywhere because he's going. Even though he's my number three, he's going where I still like other guys at other positions better. But I think he ends up being the third down guy for this team, and that really boosts his value. I wouldn't be surprised if he had, you know, 80 catches, 900 yards, eight touchdowns you know, as like a median level. And of course, I think he does have the potential to be a hundred catch guy. Uh, honestly, I almost put him like three spots higher. I almost put him at number six. That's like how I was like, Ugh. but then I was kind of looking at these other guys and I was just like, all right. Um, so, okay, let's move on. So you got him at number three. I got him at number nine. Uh, let's who's your number eight. I wonder number if we have, I wonder, I wonder if we have the, if we intersect at all, I probably, probably will at the top, but yeah. Number one, if yeah. we would have went the other way, we would have, but we would have just skipped past number one. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> so Dawson Knox is my number eight here. Okay. I got him at number seven. We're really close on that. So okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Dawson Knox before he got injured last year was the either number two or number three guy in fantasy football. Um, Josh, Anytime you get a piece of this Bills offense, you're going to love it, man. Yeah. It's a high-powered offense, well-run organization. They know what they're doing. Uh, Diggs is going to get a lot of the look. Like, you're not scheming for Dawson Knox as a defense, right? No. You're, you're scheming to stop Josh Allen and stop Stephon Diggs. And Dawson Knox is a just a big guy. Uh, he really fits well with just Buffalo of – you know, like, <laughs> dude, yeah, no, he's a polar bear out there in the snow. Yeah, he's and, just out uh, there manhandling dudes. Yeah. And he, he's a guy that he could easily be a top five guy for me. Um, oh, yeah, dude, the, the potential for him, like, this offense could really have its peak year this year. Like, this could he, be the, the, the year of this offense. He's a guy I see falling to the eighth, ninth, ten round, tenth round. And if I'm getting him in the tenth round, I feel like I stole. Yeah, you know that that's where I'm at. I feel like I'm seeing him go off around five or six in most of those FPC FPC best balls. But I mean, because like, yeah, I, I dude, I love him. Uh, I think he 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 helped me win a league uh, a best ball league last year. Like, dude, because like I got him so late, and yeah, and the crazy thing is like, dude, outside of Allen and Diggs, you don't really have to pay a premium for guys in this Bills offense. Like no. you can get Knox cheap. You can get uh, Gabe, Gabe Davis is starting to climb a little because I mean he ended that playoff run with that what was a four touchdown game. I mean, dude, yeah. you're, you're, dude, you're gonna turn some heads in that one. But no, Knox and like, dude, I really love the running back situation of James uh, David Singletary and James Cook. You can yeah. get both those guys late, especially in a best ball, and just have the fucking Bills backfield, knowing one of those guys is basically going to pop each week, and they'll probably yeah. use James Cook as a slot receiver. So there's just value all throughout that team. I love this Dawson Knox pick. Um, if, you, if you're going zero RB, it's not the dumbest thing in the world to get Cook and Singletary in like 8, 9, 9, 10. Because yeah. they're falling that far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy. You could even go like 11, 12 sometimes. And like, here's the thing is they've said they don't want Josh Allen running in so many touchdowns this year because they want yeah, to protect so his body what's a little happen? more. Maybe they throw to the tight end more. Dawson Knox, dude. Bam. But no, nobody's believing that. 
No yeah. one's believing that bit of information. I have John, I, I have because I Josh Allen is cheap, especially in Superflex. Like it's so hard for him to live up to his draft <laughs> position. But I took him really high in my dynasty because I'm like, dude, do I want this guy as my quarterback for the next ten years in a league? Absolutely, dude. I want to. Yeah. I just want to root for this guy. <laughs> you know? yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Um, number eight, I got Dallas Goddard from the Eagles. I think adding um, AJ Brown, who what is he good at? Like. Any like gra- getting those short passes and making shit happen after the catch, right? Who's the other wide receiver? Devonte Smith. He's gonna stretch it downfield. I think there's gonna be a big like media like like mid range portion of the field for Goddard, like where he's gonna really like get to thrive in that mid range target area, where where it's gonna really be open for him on like a lot of like 12, 15 yard catches. Uh, yeah, they've really loaded up the weapons over there. And even and they when have they such were, a good O line too, dude. Like, dude, their their backup O line's better than the Steelers O line. It's true. <laughs> it's true, dude. <laughs> Sadly, but yeah, Goddard fell off my list completely um, last year. He just didn't seem to ever really connect with Hertz. And even saying that, he still ended with 800 yards, which is amazing. Yeah, dude, that's the thing. But, I think there's going to be more passing this year in that offense because of the addition of AJ Brown. You, you, like what teams are going to do in the upcoming season, they often like telegraph it to us with the moves they make. Well, they made yeah. moves to upgrade their passing game, which means the guy, the passing options that were already there that already had chemistry with Hertz are going to, are going to see like, should all see increased target load. And so yeah. the fact that he's an 800 yard guy last year, dude, I don't think it's out of order that he gets a thousand yards this year. A, and yeah. a quiet thousand too at that. The, the thing that worries me about him is he only had four touchdowns last year, and that was when their their receivers got banged up quite a bit. That's true. And, but there could be positive touchdown regression going the other way. And I feel like we're, whereas Josh Allen, who we just talked about, is going to be rushing in less touchdowns. No, I'm talking about Jay- oh, Jalen Hurts. Yeah. No, but Jalen Hurts is going to rush in just as many, if not more. True. Because he, he knows if he can't do it with this team, He's not going to have a job in this yep. league, a starting job in this league. But I, like I said, he's going to be like that 12 to 15 yard catch guy. I could see him when they're on the 10. I can see him just hitting those seam routes for a couple touchdowns. Dude. Like, like I, I, I could see him like having seven, eight touchdowns this year. And if he does that, he's a t- he, maybe it's a top five guy. You know? Yeah. Like a- Again, for me, it's one of those things of where he's getting drafted, which is ahead of these other guys I've named. I'd rather have those right. other guys. And so, yeah, let's move on. Keep it rolling. Uh, number seven. I already talked. We already talked about Dawson Knox, who I have here. Who do you got at number seven? I have Kyle Pitts. All right. So, all right. Kyle Pitts. Um, you know, it's funny. People who hated on him as a rookie last year got to do a victory lap being right because he didn't score a lot of touchdowns. People who loved him going in got to do a victory lap because he got a thousand yards receiving. It's true. Yeah, and it, it's so funny. Like, if so, you like, I actually have him as my number three, as your number three. So what scares me is Marcus Mariota ran offense. It's just not gonna do. It's not gonna be a high powered offense. No, it's, it's gonna not. be a bottom third in the league offense. But he's gonna get the biggest piece. Of the of the easily, he's going to get such a huge target share here. Like I love it because I do think like it's going to be hard for him to get less touchdowns. What do you have like one or two last year? He's in for some positive touchdown regression for sure. Yeah, and but like the thing for me is just I'd like the biggest piece of of the smallest pie. Yeah, I I get it. I I love his athleticism because he really is more of a wide receiver than he is a wide receiver. You get to play at the tight end position. Yeah, and in tight end premium. I guess that's why maybe I've been doing mostly tight end premium stuff. So it's like I'm really high on him because like he's just going to get such a high target load. He's yeah. he's and 
like you said, like he's guaranteed to get more touchdowns than he did last year. And like with Calvin Ridley out for fucking betting 18 parlays or whatever, like, dude, yeah. like, and like, I mean, I, I kind of like Drake London too, just where he's getting drafted, but like, you could see what they're doing here. They go out and they get, uh, they have him, they go out and get Drake London, a big six, four guy. They're just going for the biggest, tallest guys. So I think there's something like where Arthur Smith had Mariota in uh, Tennessee, you know, and now he's brought him over. Anytime a coach does that. It's like they see something that they can do with them. And now that you see them adding these big, huge targets, it's like, hey, maybe if you can just get it close to these guys, they can make it happen. You know, my, my biggest fear is that Mariota's smart and might just use him as a decoy yeah. because he's going to get double cover. He's going to get the looks. You're going to game plan to stop him. But you don't game plan to stop guys that aren't like 99 talents. No. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. so I have no problem with him at number three because he is that. Like and he, <clears throat> this is like that next tier break for me, where Dawson Knox and Lower, um, are like one tier. Th- this next set of guys I have are all in the same tier where they have potential to be the tight end guy, the number one guy. Yeah, I agree. Like, there's that top five six that are just kind of, but I, I to me Pitts is on that level. I I just think like this guy can fucking ball, dude. Like and and yeah, even like. And here's the thing too is we might not see much of Mariota. We could see Desmond Ritter there, who and uh, at Cincinnati, what well, he was a solid game manager, but he's not a deep arm guy at all. So it's like he's going to need to rely on the tight end if that's the case. If he ends up in there, like where he he could see like he could honestly be seeing 15 targets a week. Yeah, like, like, like that's that's not within the fucking that's in the range of outcomes that that'll just <sighs> happen a good enough amount of time with with Mariota. I'd almost like it if he was a more traditional tight end, I just lumbering over the middle of the field because Mariota would just running that little hook route, like checking down to that guy all over the place. Well, yeah, it's there's enough question marks that made me drop him. But uh, again, it's not it's I don't hate the guy. No, yeah. by any means. Yeah. All right. So let's go on to your number six next because I had Dawson Knox there uh, as my number seven. So, okay, so number six, I have George Kittle. All right, I got him at number five, so we're close there. Yeah, so um, Trey Lance is going to be the guy this year. Um, from what I've been reading and, and hearing, they're asking so much from Jimmy Garoppolo, for Jimmy Garoppolo. It's like he's on the block, but they don't want to trade him. Yeah. And so if Garoppolo ends up coming back to being the starter – he becomes probably my tight end too. Yeah, I agree, dude. Like he, his value goes up because I think Trey Lance. That, that that's why I I gave him a Trey Lance discount and put him at number five. Because I, I just uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> it's the the Trey Lance factor makes me think he's going to be blocking for him on bootlegs and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, like like what we're worried about. You're worried about with Cole Komet at like this is like times ten almost in that one because yeah. I also think he can be he might be dog shit. Like, yeah. dude, because, like, what, he only started one year at North Dakota State, which, dude, don't get me wrong. That's an FCS powerhouse. But, dude, you know what? Like, what's crazy was in this last draft with the Packers drafted Christian Watson. It was like you looked at, like, you start realizing it's like, oh, this guy was drafted really high and, and brought in to be a top target Aaron Rodgers. And you looked at all those highlights and it was him making those plays. And you're like, maybe this is like a Johnny Manziel, Mike Evans situation of just making him, him <laughs> making him look a lot better than he was kind of thing. And and the thing that has me kind of, like, laughing but is, like, and, and liking Kittle less is I heard he has a real rapport with Brandon Ayuk 
and Brandon Ayuk was in the doghouse of Shanahan. Hardcore doghouse, yeah. And so I have a feeling that's like they were both off on the practice field, like on the other field, just working together as like two guys just not getting a look. And so they might actually have this little they, connection. That that's true, dude. Debo Samuel is like this amazing talent. They're a run first team. The thing Kittle. with Kittle is like, dude, he's such a good blocker, and you can line him up in a, so many variety of ways. He's such a he's like a Swiss Army knife for this offense. Like, he doesn't leave the field. No, the yeah. guy's always on the field. Yeah, he, he's gonna make play. He, dude, when he dude gets a chance, he's gonna make fucking plays, dude. Um, yeah. I, okay, so number six, dude. I got so yeah. I Kittle's my number five though. What I love him, dude. What he brings to the table, dude. He's just a classic old school like fucking badass, dude. Uh, I got number six, uh, T.J. Hawkinson. For the Lions and like, okay. um, I have Hawkinson as my five. All right, so, so yeah, so we, we just, just flip flop. And, and honestly, yeah, I, I I could have easily done a coin flip with those two there. Like, I could have easily done that. Um, I got dude. I think Hawkinson is. Uh, I have him on my dynasty. So, I, dude, I think that's because he's only what twenty four, and like, yeah. what is he year three now? So I think he's gonna year three. Often is when tight ends, like we we're saying, with the having to get the O line room and the wide receiver room. Year three is when it often comes together, where it's like they have to put it together in two different parts. Like, if, maybe they're good at receiving, and then it's like the year two is when they need to improve the blocking, and, and then they're ready year three or whatever, or or vice versa, however it works out. But, dude, I think especially with Jared Goff, dude, Mr. Checkdown King, Mr. fucking uh, – uh, and, like, and the fact that they – up, dude, because I, I like Amon Ron St. Brown. Dude, Jamison Williams, I love. Like, even though he's going to be hurt for the first few weeks of the season or whatever, I've been grabbing him late in best balls because, like – Dude, I think post week like because I think they have a bye week week six if I'm not mistaken or week seven. Mm-hmm. So it's like, dude, like I think Jamison Williams comes back str- like they might just wait to hold him out at, until after the bye week and then just have him light it up. Like, yeah. But so I think Hawkinson is going to be one of those guys that we're talking about, like give you that crazy first half of the season and targets. But when he was healthy last year, dude, he was a monster. Like, yeah. So I, it looks like he's already put it together. I just he just needs to stay healthy. And if there's any positive step forward from Jared Goff. Holy shit, you know, like this quarterbacks usually take a step forward in their second year in a system. They've have a lot of continuity to last year's yep. team and they outperformed last year. Hawkinson, and they went out and brought DJ Shark too. So they went out and got deep threats. That's the thing. So he's got a whole yeah. portion of the field to work with on his own, pretty much. Like, they got DJ Shark, they got Amon Ross St. Brown, they got Hawkinson, they got Swift, they yep. got Williams, they got weapons. Um, all Dan these Campbell, guys can catch passes, you know. And Campbell has these guys buying into what he's selling. I'll tell and you he's this: he's selling kick ass. Here's what I'm worried. <laughs> now, here's what I'm worried about with him. Okay, um, is that he fucking is one of those guys, that, or this is one of those teams that ta- I think could take a step forward. Right? A lot of people are really high on this team this year. Um, I think they can take a step forward, and it's like whereas last year they there was a lot of garbage points available on the board for them. This year, they might just be in games long enough, close enough games where maybe they're running it a little bit more, trying to trying to keep, you know, milk the clock. Maybe they're, you know, there's because they're, they're not blowing anybody out. Like, no, it's they have a shitty defense is when it comes down to it. Like their talent isn't there, but they're schemed well to play yeah, well. Dude, and I think and with, they have them buying in. And dude, Anthony but, Lynn, I think, was a negative. Like, I think it was addition by subtraction, upgrading the offensive court. Like. And, dude, you saw how much better they got at the end of the year when they got rid of, like, dude, Dan Campbell made the tough decision. Like, hey, you're, you're not cutting it as a play caller. We need to bring someone else yeah. in, in to do this. Hey. So, yeah, for me, Hawkinson got the edge over Kittle just because there's more continuity yeah, to yeah. what we saw last yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I, I 
totally see that. Uh, for me, it's just we've seen Kittle do it at such a high level compared to Hawkinson so far. I had to give him the edge. But both Iowa guys. So, yeah. Uh, Iowa, dude, we are, Noah Fant we talked about, dude. Iowa is just fucking tight end you. So if you're looking in your dynasty drafts upcoming, who's Iowa's tight end this year? His chances <laughs> are he's going to get drafted next year, dude. <laughs> All right, let's move on to number four then, since uh, we both have already talked about Kittle and Hawkinson in our six-five spots here. So I think we might have the same number four guy here. Uh, I got Darren Waller. We do. I got yes. him number four too. Yes, yes, yes. Dude, so, he would have been like my number one or number two or number two. Probably he would have been my number two. But with Devontae Adams going there, the, the touchdowns might go down. You know. So, so Josh McDaniels going to the Raiders is the big upgrade in this offense yes. that has everybody excited. And, and Devontae. Excited. I mean, and Devontae. So Devontae and Derek Carr, well-known, played at college together. Um, so they're, they've wanted to play together for years. They're back together. If Devontae Adams does not get the, the bulk share of the targets, it's going to blow everybody's mind. Devontae lives like five, ten minutes. His pad's like five, ten minutes from my pad. Oh, so, baller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm up on the hill looking down on his uh, little yeah, cabin. Yeah, <laughs> but actually, it's the other way around. <laughs> I, I figured as much. But uh, so he's even looking down on OJ, but not Nick Cage. I got a cool neighborhood, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the thing that's actually okay, this is just like a testament to how good Waller is. Is I feel I knocked him down a little. I did too, and, dude. Because I. And I, it's, I but I really wanted to get Pitts above him. I already talked about like, and the other the guys I have one and two, man. It's dude, they're just. Ballers. We got the we got we the probably same got the same one too. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Waller, um, the other thing that scares me about him is okay. So you're looking like to McDaniel's, and you're gonna have Hunter Renfro in that Julian Edelman yep. type role, right? Dude, but like Waller uh, could t- technically be the Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski. No, see, that's what that's what scares me is Rob Gronkowski is gonna be the Waller role, but Foster Moreau. I like, like him a if, lot, dude. If this guy was on any other team and a starter, he'd be a Pro Bowler. Yeah, his talent. It's kind of like how Waller was with another guy who's on our list later, Mark Andrews. Yes, yeah, like, and so if they try to make it, he could really their best four options on their team in the pass offense is Adam. Adams, Waller, Renfro, Moreau. Yeah. And, and so if they start running these two tight end sets. Um, and they drafted they, Zamir White, who's a solid receiving back, dude. Like, yeah, so like, it, it, it might it might cut into his um his like his workload a little. Again, but he, he can like, but here the thing is is he can like he said, dude, they're gonna be using a lot of two tight end sets, but they could be lining him up as a receiver more and more. Line him up outside with Renfro in the middle and then maybe Moreau as a tight end or vice versa with Moreau outside. Like, there's so many ways they can approach this offense, dude. Yeah, I, think the, I think the Raiders are going to be one of the more fun teams to watch this year on offense. Like, I'm, the, high, I'm high on Derek Carr having a big step forward, and Waller's a big part of that for me, dude. Like, Yeah, and the other thing is I don't think Derek Carr's ever thrown more than, like, 32 touchdown passes, and that was, yeah. like, his No, it's like 20. It's like 20 dude, it's like 23. Yeah, I think that's his like normal. I think he got to thirty one year. Like his I, second I don't, year. I, I don't think he's ever broke twenty five, dude. Like, uh, let's look it up real quick. Cause yeah, they, I definitely uh, want to do that. Because uh, I did. Yeah, he. Uh, I wanted to say it was like twenty three, where it's like there's a chance, dude, that he gets like thirty five. No, he had thirty two in twenty fifteen. Okay, his second okay, year okay. in the league. But yeah. since then, 
like 28, 22, 19, 21, 27, 23. Yeah, he had 23 last year. Okay, so... Yeah, there there could be a big touchdown uptick in this offense overall, dude. Like, and, yeah, but you think like if Adams is getting ten touchdowns, it's going to be hard for anyone else to to get anywhere near that yeah. number. But no, again, totally. he's number four on our list. We're, yeah. We kind of sound like we're hating on the guy a little, but it's just because he could be number two or number one on someone else's list, and I wouldn't. Hate I don't it. hate it. Yeah, like but in these, that's in these, why he's number four on mine. In these FFPC leagues, because last year he was going off as a first, second round pick. We did him as a first round pick last year in a league. Um, but this year, because of the Devontae Adams, he's going off a lot. Or he's going. He's his draft value took has taken a hit. But dude, I, th- I there's a. It's like it's, it's one of those rare situations where his draft value has gone down compared to last year, but. I see nothing but more production from him for this year. So it's like, what the fuck are people thinking? You know, it's like yeah. it's like a recency bias type of thing. You know, like for me, Schultz, Schultz Waller, Hawkinson, Kittle, Pitts. This is the tier two of tight end that any one of those guys could be the tight end one overall. Yeah, based on opportunity, talent, based, everything. If, yeah. if, if, if they get the touchdowns, if things fall right. But there's there's something about their situation for each of them that gives me enough pause. That makes them not our top two. Yeah, exactly. Who's in, who's in a tier of their own? Yep. So okay. So uh, number three, I had Pitts. You had Schultz. So we've already kind of we've already covered that number. Number two, I'm sure we have the same guy. It's the guy that Darren Waller used to back up in Baltimore, and that is Mark Andrews, aka Mandrews. Mandrews. Such a great <laughs> nickname, dude. <laughs> but dude, like he is an absolute beast, and especially with dude, a guy we've already talked mm. about with the affecting the Zach Ertz situation with Hollywood Brown getting traded out of there. And now it's like, they're expecting Rashad Bateman to step up and be a number one target. And like, Hey, maybe he is that guy, but maybe he's not. And who's their number two wide receiver, like fucking Devin Duvernay. So it's like Mark yeah. Andrews is just going to eat in this fucking offense. Like there's, there's no way around. He's got the talent and he's got a competent quarterback throwing to him in Lamar Jackson. Like Lamar Jackson is not the great passing quarterback, but dude, he moves the ball down the field. So there's going to be red zone opportunities. You know, he's like, a touchdown monster. Yeah. Mark like, Andrews is a touchdown monster. Like he's that guy that, can easily get you multi-touchdown games because when he gets those right matchups, they just use and abuse it. And he, you know, I think a lot of his games that go that way are multi-touchdown games. Yeah, he's one of those, he's the rare tight end that can give you a 40-point game. These top two guys are, are those two guys, you know? Yeah. And, and it's like, like dude, you, you can get 30, 40-point games from these guys. Fucking A. You're not, you're not getting that from a lot of receivers and running backs, dude. The, and, the, the reason he got docked, to not the number one guy, which again he's still in a tier all his own. He I'm is really absolutely. High on is the re- the reason is is because last year his best games actually came when Lamar Jackson was out. Yeah, yeah. It was with Tyler Huntley and even Josh Johnson, where he was getting you know over ten targets every game, multi- hundred yards, multiple touchdowns. Just we're gonna make him the well, and that's to- the thing is I. Uh, also, the reason why it's no knock on him at all, but another reason why I knocked him down is Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator. Where he's, be- dude, yeah, three years ago this was the most innovative offense in the league. Now it's the same thing, and everybody's kind of caught on to it. So, yeah. like, like the fact that he's not the kind of guy who's willing, really willing to make a lot of adjustments, kind of scares me. But at the same time, even if you're scheming to stop this guy, he's too fucking good, dude. He's a fucking beast. Like, yeah. You, you, and- and I, I mean, I'm willing to go as high as a late first round pick for him in a lot of these draft in these best ball drafts. Like, I, I have no problem with that. I have been reading too that Lamar Jackson went through a kind of Josh Allen restructuring of his mechanics, so he's throwing a tighter spiral and getting the ball out of his hand quicker. 
And that all goes towards throwing over to the middle of the field with more confidence, which means more Mark Andrews. Like I, I, I really like if you're in uh, when I'm in these best balls when I'm drafting in the late first round, like like in the 11, 10, 11, 12 spot, grabbing him with either the first or second one of my first two picks, right? And then mm-hmm. I can grab Lamar. I, Lamar is actually going. You'll. I have him very high on my quarterback list, but he's going pretty reasonably priced right now too. So you can get that premium <laughs> stack going with those two dudes. And like, yeah, you really can. And you're getting Andrews ahead of Lamar, which is crazy to think after the MVP year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's wild. But like, yeah, dude. No, Andrews is a legit beast. And that only guy that beasts out more than him is our number one guy. Drum roll, please. It's pretty fucking obvious. Kansas City's very own Travis Kelsey. Like, and with Tyreek Hill gone now, there's just that much more room for him to eat because they're going to be breaking in guys like Sky Moore. I do think Juju Smith-Schuster is going to have a role in this offense, but it, it's not going to impact Kelsey's numbers at all. He's going to be the focal point of the one of the most efficient, well-run, well-coached offenses in the league. Uh, so this this is what you want out of your fantasy player. He's going to get the most targets. He's going to have the most catches. He's going to have the most yards. I'm talking on his team, right? He's going to have the most yards. He's going to have the most touchdowns. And when they decide to double cover him, they're not going to allow it to take away the targets, the yards, and the touchdowns from him. Because he has this mind meld with Mahomes where it's like, yeah, they have the linebacker underneath and the safety here, but the safety's bracketed to my left shoulder. So he knows I'm going to break right at, you know, once I clear out of the linebacker zone. He's thrown before he's breaking the, you know, the plays there. Andy Reid's an offensive genius. Like there, there's no stopping Kelsey. There's, there's no, no reason stopping. to overthink this. I, I would draft them as high as like number six overall. You can convince me on that. Yeah. It, it gets to that point in the draft where like after my, I think he's right after like Dalvin cook for me. Yeah. But I mean, he's right in that conversation, dude. He's in the first round where yeah. I'm feeling like the guy's, Everyone else, there's kind of bunched together positionally at wide receiver and running back. I'll get them on the turn. I feel know? like I don't have enough shares of him in my best balls because I just haven't had that that drafted in that zone a lot. I'm either at the very end of the round or I'm in like I, I've drafted number one overall like four times or something like that. Like so it's so yeah. I, got, I got my Jonathan Taylor shares. <laughs> So there's actually someone in one of my fantasy leagues who I know is going to listen to this podcast. So I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyway because I'm a man of the people here. Um, I have Mahomes as a keeper in the ninth round in that league, and I've been debating how high I will really draft Travis there. Yeah. Because if I get that stack, I'm set positionally at two positions each week and don't have to think just, about it. Yeah, don't think and you're you're going to get like top 3 production out of both for sure. And like, then my two my 2 through 8 round is just hammering wide receivers and running backs and I'm going to get Well, you, know, and you could even stack that uh triple stack that with Juju late. Yeah. So it, it's one of those and things he can, where if it's he, like, you have him as a wide receiver too flex if you have him Juju as a flex with Mahomes as your QB one and, and Kelsey as your tight end one, you are fucking looking rock star. So it's like Jonathan Taylor is going to be kept too because he was drafted in the second round last year. So he's going to be a keeper in the second round. So I'm looking at it and I'm like, man, Kelsey might be like, I'm like taking him over Justin Jefferson, but I'd probably take him over Jamar Chase. Yeah, 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 no, like, and that it's crazy to say that, but. but- well, you know what? Like, we'll get into this on the wide receiver episode with Chase. I don't think a lot of people realize, like, 33% of his fantasy production came on six plays last year. 
He was yeah. so big play dependent in fantasy. Whereas Jefferson, you can make the case that he hasn't even fucking uncovered his potential yet. So it's like, yeah, but again, there's like two guys in the league that can make those six big plays. Yeah, and, so that's and, the other side of them. So you, yeah, I'm on the same page with you. Where it's like he's a boom bust guy that doesn't feel safe for a first rounder to me. But I'm not denying. Yeah, we are doing wide receivers next. I'll give you a little preview. I'm higher on T. Higgins than I am Jamar Chase this year. What? What? But I, okay, I would still draft it. The other, you know, like, like obviously because I think you can work it where you get both. Yeah. Like, 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 for, yeah, like I said, if if I didn't have Mahomes locked up at value, then it would be a different story. Like, but again, yeah. he's still a first rounder. Yeah, and like I don't know. Yeah, and like like I was saying earlier, like, I'd rather be a year late than a year early than a year late on a guy. I see Kelsey getting it done at this level for a couple more years, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I don't see Kelsey. If Kelsey falls to the 15th pick, he's getting taken every time. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Like, and that's three, that's three picks into the second round. And the guy who would get him there would, would be just, you know, yeah. If you have it. the number 10 overall there and you, let's say you got like Devonte Adams or Stefan Diggs with that. And then it comes back to you. Uh, yeah. If looking. he, if he falls out of the first round, he's not making it far past the turn. Yeah. Yeah, if that yeah, if if that happens. All right, dude. So, yeah, that was our top uh, 12 plus uh, honorable mentions and whatnot, dude. Dude, thanks for doing this with me. We'll be doing more of these. Uh, the wide receiver, I realize, is going to take a little bit more work because we're going to do 24 because you got two wide receiver spots to fill. So Yeah, no, but I do think there's going to be a lot of overlap, so it'll be like this one where we talk about them once, and then by the time we got to the number three spot, uh, you know, we skip. Hey, so since our biggest variance was on Pitts and Schultz here, uh-huh. what do you say we make a little bet on who finishes higher uh, year long? Yeah, yeah, I like that. Well, uh, all right. Um, what's a good side bet for us? Because like uh, we can put money. That's stupid. Uh, uh, tuck your wiener back and do a dance. <laughs> tuck your wiener back and do a dance. <laughs> you have to do a, a post it on TikTok. <laughs> I don't have a TikTok. <laughs> Neither do I. That's but the, that's you have to take. You have to. You, but you have to start a tick. You have to start a TikTok just to post a <laughs> tuck under wiener dance. <laughs> uh, so well, let's not make that official yet. We'll talk about what the official bet is. Yeah, because uh, we'll do one episode. of that. We'll do one of that for each of these positions. We'll do a side yeah, bet. So with our with our biggest variants, because I think I you had um where'd you have Schultz at like number? I eight? had him at number eight, I think, or seven. Yeah, yeah, and then I had Pitts at seven. I had him at number nine. Had... I had him at number nine. Okay, yeah. So three to nine and and three to seven. That was our biggest variance on the player. So uh, we'll we'll lock down the terms of this bet on the wide receiver episode. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, but uh, yeah, it's gonna be something funny. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be. Yeah, it'll be. <laughs> yeah, like, I'll really think, dude. Uh, uh, loser has to service the glory hole. I, don't, <laughs> I had a shoe or a glory hole reference in because this is the Lux yeah. Ops here. And I am your host, Scott Bowser. Um, you got to be a member of the Patreon to get to that glory. No, I, I kind of <laughs> I've uh, paused the Patreon. So it's oh, OK, because uh, I uh, because uh, I'll do this sets up my perfect shameless plug because I have been busy with my other show, the Zed Run Gambling Podcast. Come and explore the world of digital horse racing with me. Um, it's very exciting. Zed coin just dropped their own token and they gave me like five thousand of them. It's gone as high as 19 cents. So, uh, uh, I think it's close to around 13 cents right now or so. 
So I'm pretty pumped, and uh, there's only going to be more rewards of that coming out. So if you want to learn how to play digital horse racing and get paid to play this game, it's kind of insane how it happened, and you can actually gamble money on it, listen to my show, the Zed Run Gambling Podcast, where you can follow at Zed Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter, this show on Twitter, at Pod, and always follow me, at Scott underscore Bowser. Um, you're not on Twitter, so... Uh, um, yeah, I got nothing. You got nothing. Stop spots. Head run. Pilot. Yeah. <laughs> Zed Zed run. Run podcast. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's on the sports gambling podcast network, which is a lot of fun. So yeah. Um, thank you everybody for checking this out. We'll be back later with wide receivers. See you everybody. God bless you and keep gambling.